This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So after four postponed games and a 28-day absence the Clarets are finally back in Premier League action. This is the Known and Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and we are back in 2022 with an analysis show. It has been a while, listeners. And you know why it's been a while? Because we ain't been playing. It's been a long, long wait. But finally, 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 at the end of December, the Clarets got themselves back on the pitch. We had four postponed games, one of which was the snow. And the other three were the COVID mistakes that we had. There were all sorts of squads being called off. Um, and we had to wait 28 days between games two and three in this month. So where are we? Where does that leave us? Well, listeners, it's not a pretty sight, I'm afraid. We have played just four games in December and amassed just two points with a 0-0 draw against West Ham on the 12th of December and then the 3-1 defeat to United and another 3-1 defeat against Leeds. Leaves the Clarets after 17 games with just one win, eight draws, eight defeats and 11 points. We've recorded no away wins this season and we've scored just 16 goals in 17 games. Doesn't look that pretty, but we're going to have a look at this because the Clarets are now favourites for relegation. Book is putting us at around odds of four to six to go down to the championship next season. And I am delighted this week to be joined by my colleagues, Rich, Tom and Adam, to kind of look at where we go from here and just assess what's been going on through December since we last talked to you. Um Gentlemen, I don't even know where to start. Let's say hello to all of you. Rich, Tom, Adam, welcome back to the show. Hello, good evening, Natalie. Good evening, Tom, Adam. Evening. I, uh, I put my yeah, request to... with the Premier League to have the podcast for Spain, but it was rejected, so here we are. <laughs> it is. I, I don't really know how many members of known and Never would be able to get postponed before we allow to. I mean, to be fair, you guys pretty much had the whole of December off. What are you whinging about? It's like we haven't done an analysis show. We, we didn't do one after West Ham because nothing happened. And I think we planned, hadn't we? Because there was it was, it was West Ham a midweek game and then we had a couple of fixtures and then we just kept postponing them. And, and yeah, so... <laughs> 
you know, it's time back to work, guys. Come on, you've had a month off. Um, what yeah, happened? We were, um, sorry, we were going to go for uh, Watford, which was supposed to be midweek, weren't it? So we were going to combine them both. But then yes. when that were called off, we thought, well, not much to talk about on the West Ham game. There really uh, wasn't. We've got some more games coming up, <laughs> but then. Everton had their way with it as well, didn't they? Yeah, that that was definitely an error. Definitely an error. Well, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to the to the COVID debacle at the end of the show because we've got a lot of things that we want to talk about first. Um, as you can imagine, listeners, we've all been chatting quite avidly in our WhatsApp group during this month. We've been whinging, we've been ecstatic, we've been down in the dumps, we've been quarrelling like school kids and brothers and sisters like we are. Um, but that's been great for the podcast because it's brought out a hell of a lot of material which we're going to share with you. Um, it's it's tempting, Rich, I'm going to start with you, to kind of go, what's going wrong? But I think we've tried to streamline this episode and to look at some specific questions. So I'm going to open it up to you to start off with and just say, do we question and allocate a good section of the blame with what's going on to the ability of the team? We know it's an aged squad. Is it is that the problem? Have we got a squad that just can't perform at this level? Let's kick off with that. Yeah, so, yeah, there was a lot of discussion in the WhatsApp group, some agreements, some disagreements. Um, I think a lot of it does boil down to that. I think we've always, listen, if we've got Man City's squad, you know, they've they've got the best squad in the league by far, the most quality throughout it and the top of the league quite comfortably. So, so of course, you know, and and this is where we're going to come back to Daesh and, I look at our midfield at the moment, and it's it's just it's just under, so underperforming. Um, you know, we've always had players who have had, have had to play at their absolute maximum ability for us to win games. And you know, you've got a lot of guys in our team now who you know who who, who are over thirty. And the prem, the, 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 or the or the standard of the Premier League gets higher and higher every single season. In my opinion, this is the highest standard so far. We played. Crystal Palace a few weeks ago and I thought bloody hell these are a good team and then you look at it and all of a sudden they're only like 13th 14th um, you know and like, like you said we've got Westwood and Cork in midfield who are to me they're getting the wrong side of you know of 30 it's clear to see and they've really struggled this season I, I felt a little bit for Cork who's a player that I like and he was just chasing shadows and then we've got Brown a lot also in the He'll run all day, but he's but he's technically very average, isn't it? And I think that's what's letting us down. Um, and I think then some of our senior players who you want to stand up and be counted haven't been good enough. Tarkovsky's not been good enough in a lot of games this season, made mistakes. You know, if anybody listened to me on Talk Sport, which I'm sure the thousands of viewers listened into that, <laughs> uh, I said about Chris Wood couldn't trap a bag of cement. He's been absolutely woeful this year. I mean, dreadful. He wouldn't look out to play. He's played playing in Wigan Park, so you know I think a combination of really key players not playing well, and then players who's been good performers who had to max out their ability are getting the wrong side of thirty, and it's just concocted in a recipe for disaster, hasn't it so far? And we played against Leeds with our, you know, with a lot of players out for Leeds, and we got absolutely hammered. And yeah, I think that's where we are. Yeah, I know that was a long answer, but it was no, I like a, it. I like it. It's what we want. It's what we want. Um, we've not heard from you from a month, Rich. Rant away. Rich's rants. It's going to be a regular feature on the podcast. I'm going to bring it in. Um, Tom, Rich did raise quite an interesting point there. He talked about key players not performing. And one player who seems to be feeling the frustration of Burnley fans at the moment, who, not just Chris Wood, it is Dwight McNeil. Um, 
Now, we've talked a lot about Dwight. He's a young player. He's been carrying the weight of the entire club on his shoulders for a long time. Um, but he's another key player that just it just doesn't seem to be clicking for him at the moment. Yeah, I feel for McNeil. I think I could see at the end of last season, maybe even at the start of this one, I think he looked like he was he was leggy. Um, he's not really much had much of a break since he started playing. Uh, I can see Richard Fiore shaking his head. <laughs> Rich, like no, 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 no. He didn't look leggy because he, he really did at the end of last season. Uh, the problem, you know, it's, it's part of that. Partly, it's, you know, it's just fitness. I think really the, the big frustration with McNeil is he's not kicked on as you'd expect a player of his age to kick on. You know, when he when he started off uh, in the team, he was bringing us something different, taking his man on, beating him. You know, he had uh, he had a lot of assists in him. He was setting water for a lot of goals. Um, had the goal in himself as well. Um, and I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, um, essentially, uh, with the fact that he's, um, yeah, you know, his his uh, energy's uh, to me, then she's drained a little bit, and I think maybe he's playing in a bit of a rut there. He never gets a rest, he never gets rotated. He's in the team no matter what, um, even in the cup games, things like that. Um, but yeah, I think the most worrying thing is, is that he just he just doesn't really seem to have developed at all. He didn't seem to have kicked on at all from when he was 19 to, to when he was 20, you know, to what is he now, 22. He just doesn't seem to have, have kicked on in the last year or two. I don't know whether that's the way we play him. You know, he's doing the same job up and down the wing. He doesn't get that much time on the ball. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Daesh later. Is he the, the manager who's really going to develop a player like that and, and take him on to the next level? Not sure. Um, but, you know, his numbers, at the end of the day, his numbers don't lie. You know, one uh, mm. one assist and no goals this season. It's uh, it's not it's not good enough, really. And I do think if we had more options out wide, he, he probably wouldn't have been playing week in week out I don't think it's you know I see a lot of people saying he's lazy and he doesn't work hard enough he doesn't trap out this kind of thing uh, the criticism for the second goal that old Trafford I mean when you've got the fullback pretending to be injured and letting the, the winger bolts past him that's more of a concern for me for that goal so, I mean uh, when you look at some of his stats I think he's, he's like fifth in the league for most tackles or something this season I, I, me personally I don't, I'm not bothered if my winger's tackling I don't particularly want my winger to be tackling Probably the fact that he's doing that job and, and maybe that's where his development focus has been is the defensive side of his game. And that's come as you know, the uh the expense of his attacking side of his game. So maybe that's something to look at as well. But yeah, for however what for whatever reason it is, we're not getting the best out of him and and that's really something that Dash needs to look at because one of the big turnarounds in that you know, in that um second half of the season where we stayed up in eighteen, nineteen was McNeil coming into the team and improving us massively and at the minute you don't see we, we're not getting that from him and you don't see which player is going to come in and do better than him so it's uh, a conundrum that we really need to solve Yeah we really do and I kind of I, I agree with you I feel for McNeil as well and as frustrated as I am that he doesn't seem to have yet fulfilled the potential that we thought he had um, I I do get more frustrated with him having to change and adapt to a style of play that perhaps isn't natural to his ability. And but that at the end of the day is what Dash needs of him. That's what made us survive and got us to where we are in this league. Um, Adam, moving on to you then. Um, again, another player that Rich um, identified in in the first uh, Rich's rant of 2022 was um, the form of Tarki. Now, Tarki is most definitely 
what we've talked about as being a scapegoat at the moment. And I don't necessarily think I'm very much with Rich on this one, as I, I don't think he should be the scapegoat with everything that's happening this season. I think you shouldn't really have a player who just makes a couple of mistakes and he's entirely responsible for everything that's going wrong. We're, we're in the position that we're in because collectively as a team, we've been poor. Um, but the problem at the moment is that talk is very much being linked with a move away this January um, to probably Newcastle. Um, if not now, definitely the end of the season. And there's a few fans venting frustration that his mistakes are being attributed to his eye being turned, his head being turned, sorry. Where's your stance on Tarky at the moment? And second part to that question, is it time to drop him to bring Collins in? Two parts for you. Uh, so I think it's been talked about all season, really. I mean, and the focus has been definitely on him since um, all the speculation about him leaving. Um, and he's not, particularly in the last few weeks, he's not seemed to be on his game uh, as much as previously. I think there was a mistake at Southampton as well earlier in the season, but overall, I don't think he's been far off it and it is more of a problem with the whole team not performing. Um, I think it's easy to point the finger at him when um, like the mistake he made at Leeds led directly to um, to the goal. Uh, I think there have been phases in the game where we'd, done, we'd given the ball away in similar areas. I think Westwood fired it straight at Dallas and they broke. And I can't remember who else did, but there were two or three times I were watching the game really frustrated, thinking we can't keep doing this. And obviously it did cost us uh, in the end. But yeah, the fact that it were Tarkovsky's mistake really gets highlighted more because he does want that move away. Um, at no point in the season up to now have I really thought that I'd want, um, want him out of the team. Um, but I think it, now is probably the strongest case to do that with the way Collins has performed when he has come in. Um, Daesh does tend to be very loyal um, and I would be surprised if he does drop him but if he did make that decision I don't think I'd be uh, completely against it um, and then we've I think we'll, we'll come on to transfers later on but I, I think uh, I think he'll be with us until the end of the season and um, we really do need him on on his best form to be able to have any chance of getting out of this but again, it won't all be with him um, regardless because at the end of the day so you're, you're happy to keep him to the end of the season then? Because Collins is a pretty impressive defender and he's somebody who's going to be a real talent. So do you just literally leave the back four as it is? Do you, well, certainly the, the middle three, the, the Pope, Tarky and Ben May. Do you not consider any changes considering the style and number of goals we're conceding? Uh, yeah, you've got to consider it with, with what's going on. Um, and Collins has done very well, but he's obviously really young. Uh, limited experience at that level. What we have seen, great, but Tarkovsky's done it over a good number of years. Um, and if, like I said, if he did bring Collins in, I don't, I don't think it'd be uh, the end of the world. But I'd, I'd, I'd leave it as is in that area. I don't think it's our biggest problem. What, do you, what is our biggest problem then? If we're talking about ability <laughs> of the team, I'm sorry, that was an open goal. I don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think we've covered it enough this season, and we? It's the centre of midfield. We've, we've not strengthened, and if you stand still, you go backwards. And there were uh, there were signs last season that we were getting overran, and it, it's really just continued. And if anything, got worse into this season. Mm. So, yeah, it has. I think I can't remember which one of you put it in the thread. Um, apologies for not crediting your property, but I think somebody said that just against Leeds at, at the weekend that 
the gap between defence and midfield was just abysmal. It's getting worse and worse every single game that passes, but it was noticeable more than anything. Um, Rich, one of the things that you've talked about with that midfield is a consistent frustration with our insistence on playing 4-4-2 with two central midfields that are, are midfielders who don't have the ability to play that formation. And you keep pioneering a change of that are you still in that camp do you still want us to try something different well i wouldn't say the two midfielders who can't play 4-4-2 because they've they've they've, they've done it but the my my frustration is our ball retention is absolutely shocking mm. we, we can't put sometimes passes together um i have to go back to tom's mcneil when he said being leggy oh like, my god sorry, i can't i can't just ignore that comment it's tried He's a 22-year-old lad. He should be busting his balls to get up and down that line. I am not having he's been giving 110% effort. I'm just not. And he's gassed. He's not played for 17 games. Do you not think, though, that's a problem for us, though, Rich? Every single time we have a break, whether it's international or whatever it is. Maybe. Maybe maybe in terms of formation, but I'm, I'm just... It's been a consistent theme for a while that like he's give the ball away and he's loping, he's late and he's loping about. I'm just not, I'm just, I'm just not having that. Gas at 22, 22, when I was 22, I, I, I bloody running up and down Wigan all the time. Gas. <laughs> you were just chasing the pub, sorry. I'm just not having it. But anyway, going back to your original point, um, I think 4-4-2 is dated now in the Premier League, I think. We used to be able to physically outrun teams, bully, bully, bully teams, harass and press them, you know, win the ball back. But these teams now are, you know, are so good on the ball that you don't really win the ball back that much. I can't remember how many times this season have we won the ball back and mm. actually scored a goal. You know, again, Matt, you know, I might be wrong. There might have been loads of occasions, but I can't remember too many. I can remember many occasions where we pressed too high, got caught out pressing and conceded. Um, you know, Arsenal, I remember, like, being being one. And, you know, I would like, you know, I, I'm one of them. Utilise who your best players are. For me, Collins has been outstanding this season. He's too good to be on the bench game in, game out. I would, I think a formation that would suit us would be the three centre-halves with your two wing-backs. I think it would suit Taylor, especially. I think it would take the pressure off the defence. Um, but then people say, well, that, you know, Dice has said that, he doesn't have, you know, he can't train them. Well, what the bloody hell is he doing then? Yeah. Is he playing table tennis all, all, the, all the time with them? You know, this is what I don't get. You know, we've got to try something different mm. because we're, we're not going to, we're not going to, I know Adam's going to come in now. We're not going to, we're not going to sign that many players this, this January. So people thinking we're, you know, we're going to sign players to keep, you know, we might do. I just don't think we will. We've got to do something different. We can't keep playing 4-4-2. And keep it, you know, the definition of insa- of you know insanity is doing the same thing over yeah. and again and expecting different results. And I love Westwood and Cork; they've been absolutely fantastic for us. You know, I'll have more sympathy than Westwood and Cork, who are thirty-one and thirty-two, than a twenty-two-year-old lad that pe- people feel sorry for him when he's on X amount of money a week. No, I'm not having that. I'm not <laughs> See, having it at all. No, that we get that. It we get it, Rich. Me. No, it I know I, I agree. Me. I know I do agree. I hate I hate that. It's, you know, I hate it frustrates me. It should be given in the situation we're in, absolutely under than 10%. If you drop the you know, and in my opinion, there's there's certain players in the team who aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Taki's pass 
it's an example. It's laziness and bone idleness. And oh, it doesn't matter if I give the ball away here. Well, Westwood, I generally think, is just not very good on the ball at passing them, at doing them passes. Yeah. Well, so that... I don't even know what the original question was, to be honest. <laughs> I, 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 no, I've lost it. I, I literally don't. Hilariously, Tom's rebuttal to you is that is to point out that literally you spent five minutes on talk sport and you've turned into Simon Jordan, which I think is fair. <laughs> oh, I'm not talking. Can, uh, can I just that. can I just come in as well? Come on, um, Adam. Save us. Just on the well, no, on the on the three five two point, I think it does does make sense for us now more than ever with having Collins as a as an option and Taylor and. You'd probably hope Roberts as a as a wing back option, yeah. um, more attacking. But I think he's said numerous times. If I remember years ago, him saying how um, he loved lining up against a three-five-two system because of the way that he think he, th- he thinks that teams can manipulate it, um, and he he doesn't believe in that that way of playing. And I don't think he's going to change change that. Um, one suggestion that I'm wondering whether even I should even say, to be honest, but yes. I'm going to do anyway. Do it, do it. Um, Dale Stevens. No, um, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so, like, talks about like ball retention, and one thing I would, I'd, I've always liked him as a player. Like when he was at Brighton, he very much keeps the ball moving, um, not always sideways and backwards. He can look forward. He, when he came mm-hmm. on at Old Trafford, he looked to play the ball through the lines. I think they'd obviously settled into, they'd won the game and they were playing with much intensity at that point. But it did just bring something a bit different. And I think if, not in a 4-4-2, I don't think he's got the legs to play 4-4-2, but if we're in a 4-2-3-1, say we brought an attacking midfielder in in January, um, then it could, it could be an option. I've done uh, literally until he came in at Old Trafford and it's so fickle. I've been slating him for... A year, and then um, he came on. Actually, passed passed to a a man in white, and then um, uh, yeah, I got excited about it. So yeah, I don't know what other people. We're easily pleased at the option, moment. But... It, things are getting that bad. <laughs> yeah. We're getting pleased by a successful pass by Dale Stevens. That even if it went Rich, sideways, Rich looks after. <laughs> we're not. No, we're not bringing Rich in. Rich, we're going to let you stew in the green room for a while and calm down. Otherwise, we're going to be steam coming out of your ears. Um, Tom, this brings me quite nicely on to actually the second question. So we've looked at the ability of the team. And we've identified where we think there's some technical issues there. So I wonder if it's not just or only the ability of the team. Then do we then question the confidence in the team? And this has come from a comment that Robert put in our thread and asked where that strong jaw has gone and highlighted that we used to be known for throwing our bodies in front of shots and we're not doing that at the moment we're not blocking our shots so what's going on with the confidence in the team because I can't see that it's just from a long run of defeats or not winning games yeah it's interesting I think Dice did make a point in this uh, post-match from the Leeds game of saying that Leeds looked hungrier than us they looked like they wanted it more than us and that's not something that you used to Hearing from him, I thought that's quite quite a big statement from him actually, because obviously, you know, his famous mantra that the minimum requirement is maximum effort. Um, t- to me, I, I don't know, it might just be me. Uh, well, it's obviously not rich, but when I watch him, I don't see a lack of commitment. There's, to me, it is a lack. There's a lack of ability. They're, they're really are struggling with two in midfield. I, 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 as an aside, I do. I, I'm with Adam. My my reading was is, is the, the quickest change to the formation would be. To, to put Stevens in there and play three in midfield because I think he's a better suited to sit in 
I don't mm. think we saw the best from last season with no pre-season. Mike Adams, I just don't think he's suited to playing in a two. To me, I think we've we've all said all season that the problem's the midfield. So to me, it doesn't make sense to pack the defence. I think that packing the midfield is the way to go for me as well. But that's an aside. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I don't see this lack of commitment. Mike saying Neil's running around putting the fifth most tackles or whatever of this season. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to we'll have to agree to disagree with Rich on that. But I don't think the problem is that he doesn't care. He's not trying hard enough. I don't see that with Tarkovsky either. I think when people are seeing, especially the last couple of games, have conceded a couple of goals. That you see Tarkovsky giving the ball away. He's made a mistake, sure. His problem there is he's not as good on the ball as he thinks he is, and that he's had that problem for a long time. That's what the issue is there for me. It's not a lack of effort. It's not a lack of commitment. Um, you know, we're just making mistakes. I thought it was quite telling. No, nobody's mentioned, you, you, you mentioned earlier, Natalie, are we keeping the same three, the Pope, Tarkovsky and me, sort of trifecta? Yeah. In the last couple of games, we've not had that because Hennessy's been in goal. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Off the top of my head, I think we've conceded three twice this season with Pope in net. Um, and Everton and Crystal Palace, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I know obviously... Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City away. We haven't conceded three in those games. Uh, and then you've got Hennessy and Nets and we concede three twice in a row. To me, that's not a coincidence. Mm. I don't know if there's maybe not as much communication with him in the back two. Certainly not as good a keeper. I mean, he got a lot of plaudits for the way he played at Old Trafford. I thought he did all right, but I thought he could have done better with McTominay's first. Um, the Ronaldo one that he tipped onto the bars, a good save, uh, you know. And then he gets beaten by another one. So I think, uh, and then Dan James' header that he, Harry's, but he tipped it in his own net anyway. Three of the, so three of those goals, um, obviously I know we saved the, the third one, Man United and Ronaldo put it in, but a lot of them goals are coming from shots outside the box, so I don't think we necessarily concede many of them with, with Pope in nets. And that, that's part of that partly feeds into this thing about commitment, not throwing yourself at shots. Possibly, you know, we, we don't do as much of it because we know there's a keeper in there who's going to save 99% of those, and, and that's not been there in the last couple of games. Um, I think one thing for me is in terms of throwing yourself in the way of stuff, I mean, there's, it's that gap, you know, those goals are coming from that gap. McTominay's had three shots in that game. Nobody's closing them down, but it's because there's that gaping void between the defence yeah. and the midfield. For me, that's what the problem is. It's not that centre-halves aren't, you know, we've always played deep. You've always got the centre-halves deep in the box. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily massively expect them to be on the edge of the box blocking every single shot. That's where you need your midfielders for me. And, Tarkovsky got a bit of criticism for not getting out to Dallas quick enough. Well, you, you could argue any one of them should be getting out to him there. Corner doesn't come out to the to the short corner quick enough. And he does come out. Fair enough, he doesn't block the shot. But, you know, I, I, to me, when people are questioning the commitment, especially of Tarkovsky, it's, it's looking at, you know, he's not played well the last couple of games. I'm sure he'd admit that himself. But I think people are, are seeing a poor performance. They're thinking he's going in the summer. To me, it's putting two and two together and getting five. I think if he was tossing it off, we'd know by now. And I very much doubt they'd be anywhere near the team if Dyer thought that he wasn't bothered about giving his giving his all until the end of his contract. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's not it's not an, an issue of commitment. It's yeah, I think it goes back to what we said before. It's a lack of quality, and I, and I agree with Rich yeah. and that we can't look at doing something different tactically because, as Rich says, at the minute we're doing the same thing over and over and. Uh, and so that now brings us, I guess, on to what other people are questioning what the problem can be. If it's not 
just the ability of a team, but we've kind of established that we think it's mainly the ability of the team. There has to be a question as to whether there is anything that Daesh is doing, which is contributing to the um, problems that we're having and the lack of results and whether there's anything that he can be doing differently. Um, Tom, I'm going to set this back off with you because I know where you sit with this. I know you are very much firmly in pro Daesh camp, um, quite rightly as well. He's earned that um, right to be um, supported that way. Um, but we can't ignore the growing number of fans who are questioning whether or not there is any shortcomings in the manager's ability at the moment, which is adding to those results. Now, do you think that's fair? Do you think that's an absolute no-no? Or is there something that he could be doing? Yeah, for me, it's he's down the list of, of the problems at the minute. And uh, I think we have to be careful what we what we wish for. Thinking that, you know, people talk, I've seen, normally you don't see any of them. And I've seen a few more grumblings on social media the last few weeks about potentially replacing him or, you know, being being leaning towards Daesh out. I, I don't see who we're going to get who's better. Um, he's just signed a new four-year contract anyway, and I doubt we're going to pay him out of that. Even if we went down, you know, you, you'd, you'd want him to get us out of the championship because he's done it before. So, yeah, certainly not not in that camp at all. And I very much doubt I would be unless we were really struggling in the championship next season. But, yeah, of course, he's not blameless. Um, I think he's got his set way of working we've, we've spoken about it already today you know he's a 4-4-2 man he doesn't change the formation very much i think he would perhaps argue that he's not got the players to change an awful lot and i'm sympathetic to, to that view for sure i mean i mentioned mcneil earlier um he he probably could do with uh being dropped for a few games but who do you bring in aaron, you know aaron lennon thought he's played well against man united but the fact that we're having to play him i think he's a bit of a i think it, shows where we are in terms of the squad you know the squad isn't good enough we haven't got any depth we haven't got an abundance of talent even in the first 11 I mean I don't think good Munson's played well all season and perhaps because you don't expect as much of him as you do from McNeil that goes under the radar a little bit but he's very lucky to play week in week out at the minute in my opinion he's not contributing anything um so I have a lot of sympathy with him because I don't think his options are a myriad in terms of what he can change but I do think uh, there are the there are the odd options on the bench and, and within the squad to tweak. We've been speaking already about. I think it's time to try formation change because at the minute we're not getting results. We are going to get relegated if we keep doing this four four two every week. Um, you know whether that's three five two, whether it's um, three in the middle, but something I think has got to change. So from that point of view, yeah, you'd say you know you'd criticise even Ward. I know this. I'll try and get back in Richard's good books. I think uh, Woods being an automatic starter every week is a bit of an odd one at the minute as well. For me, he's doing the job of like back to goal, which I don't think he does very well. So I think it's harsh to criticise him for not doing that job very well, which he has been doing most of the season. And it's been like, I think Dyche's concessions playing three in the middle of the minute is having someone a bit deeper of the front two, whether it's Cornell or Vidra playing sort of a 4 4 1 1. But that isn't working for me. I don't think we've ever had someone who can play a good number 10, and that's obviously why they're looking to get someone in to do that in this window um, not Aaron Ramsey but maybe someone a bit more realistic um, but in the last couple of games with Wood now what I've been saying most of the season is he's not been getting the service but in the last couple of games he's had three or four guilt edge chances and he's missed them all and uh, <clears throat> for me I don't know if that's a confidence thing with Wood certainly don't think he's as tired as I thought McNeil was towards the end of last season but yeah that's another you know just something like that at least up front you know Rodriguez not playing well uh, Vidra not scoring but 
you know, they've not really had a run like what else and, and you know, would we'll get 15, 20 games before he gets dropped, whereas Rodriguez and Vidra, they only get a game or two and then they're out again. So for me, that'd be something to try as well. And if you're starting with Vidra as your number nine or Rodriguez as your number nine, you naturally take a different approach then in terms of the way you build up and that kind of thing. And maybe that'd get a bit, something a bit different out of the wingers, maybe someone to link up with defeat, something like that. So there's options for personnel. Um, there's options for formation. They are limited, and that's why I'd be loath to put too much criticism at the manager's door. Mm. But the, you know, the, Richard summed it up. You know, at the minute, the way we're going, we're going to get relegated. So we need to do something. We need to change something. We can't just go into every game playing four four two Wood on uh, on his own up top and Westwood and Cork in the midfield and hoping that this time it's going to work because it's it's patently not. I think that's what I get most frustrated with with Dash, and I definitely have a rant in our private WhatsApp group because it's the safety of, of the group of us. And I know that the team that we've got behind us will, I, they can, I, I just, I can share some things that I wouldn't necessarily put on social media, particularly in the heat of the moment, because you do open yourself up to all sorts. Um, and I know we have got the safety of that group where sometimes I can have a bit of a rant. And I know particularly recently I've been very anti-Dash, but a lot of that has been down to frustration about his stubbornness and seeming unwillingness to try something different. Um, It just feels to me at the moment like Dash is just going to do everything that he's always done in the past five years and and expect it to work. And I I see it from fans as well, Rich. I see fans saying, well, you know, trust in in Dash, we trust and, and, you know, believe in the system because it's worked for five years. Well, that's not automatically the case because if the Premier League has moved on beyond all recognition where Dash's tactics he's done for the past four years will never, ever work again, then he can't keep using those. Now, I know after the game, you were particularly frustrated with a few things that Dash did, particularly not starting corner. You thought that was a mistake. Taking Wood and Lennon off when they were playing particularly well frustrated you. And obviously we've talked about the 4-4-2 anyway. So, you know, what, what's it going to take for you, Rich, to, to see some kind of change from Dash to commit to this? Oh, listen, it's just a funny one. I, I thought Tom talked really well about Dice. You know, what, what Dice has done for the club has been unbelievable, you know. Of course. I, you know, I've got so much respect and admiration for him. And, you know, there's nobody else who I want to be, you know, when I next go to, unfortunately, I can't go to the Huddersfield game. Um, but, you know, when we play that Leicester game in, in a couple of weeks' time, there's nobody else who I'd want to be walking out of that dugout as manager. You know, it's funny, I've been very, very critical of Wood this season. I actually thought um, Leeds was one of his better games. You know, he, he seemed up for it. Uh, you know, he, he, was, he was actually winning headers. And then we take, and then we go completely long ball and we, and we take him off and put Rodriguez and Vidra on who, who can't really win headers. Lennon looked lively to me. Did Gummanson stay on in that game? Obviously, when you're at the game, you do forget some stuff. Adam and I don't think I'd, Tom definitely couldn't go because of COVID. But I, did he? No, Gummerson went on at, off at half time. But Lennon was actually like buzzing around a little bit, and I was just a bit like, I just thought it was a bit odd. And then we went long ball. We literally didn't win one header in the last ten minutes. Um, again, Di again in the heat of the moment, you say stuff. But Di said that obviously Carney's not really trained much. But in that situation where it's a must-win game. Um, you know, where the first goal would have been crucial. I, I don't understand the rationale in not starting Carne. If we had two or three games really soon after that, and you know, and Carne wasn't going to the African Cup of Nations, I'd have gone, yeah, fair play. But when he's going anyway, you might as well play him because we're going to lose him for so long. And 
to me, he didn't look like he wasn't fit when he come on and he smashed that one into the bottom corner. He probably maybe wasn't at his best, but end of the day, what I don't know what Carne was meant to do in that game, you know, when he's just chasing shadows, really. He still won the free kick when he managed to use his strength and turn his man, um, you know, when he nearly got a, at the end of one on the back post and just to lift it would have given the players to see his name on the team sheet. Um, it is difficult for Dyes because, you know, we go back to obviously Man City and the riches they've got in their squad and ultimately we don't have that, but he, he can't keep persisting. There's too many players for me who know they're undroppable, Westwood, Cork, Tarky, and, you know, and, you know, even, you know, even me, who, let's be honest, was poor, wasn't he, on, on Sunday. Um, you know, he got caught out of position a lot. And they know they don't get dropped. You've seen Lennon come into the team. And when I seen his name, I thought, Jesus Christ, we're playing Lennon. But he's been he's been very good the last two games because he's got a point to prove. I'll tell you this now, if, you know, and this is the issue, isn't it? We've not got many people. If McNeil was dropped for three games or, or two or three games, same as Wood, same as Tarkey, I'm 100% sure we'd, we'd, we'd see an up in their performance. Whether that's resting them, you know, because they need a break, whether that's for a kick up the arse, I don't know. But when you, but in the, at this level now, when you, when you lose that edge just a little bit from your performance, it makes a massive difference. And there's too many collective players for me who either need a bit of a, bit of a kick or just, we just need something. Um, I'm not an advocate of playing Stevens because he come on and played half an hour against Man United who stopped trying. Everyone's all of a sudden talking about him like he's Javi or something. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be against starting him because he's somewhat different. You know, when Westwood might go, right, OK, I've been I've been dropped here. Um, so I think, you know, like going back to Daesh, what he's done is unbelievable. I think in the past, his stubbornness has been one of his greatest strengths. He's, like, he's been able to ignore the noise and focus on what he does but we've gone into two, 2021 we've been dreadful it's, it's, we've been absolutely awful um, and I understand people getting frustrated because I know t- Tom again you know me, me and Tom get on really well but you know we do have a few contrasting views on football at, at times you know I watch Brighton play the light years better than us light years and you know, the, you know they don't maybe win you know maybe they have troughs and they don't win loads of games but I'd rather watch Brighton's football at the moment than what than what we're doing any day. You know, they may have had a little bit more money to spend, but I think it, it, it's a massively critical time as well because Alan Pace won't put up with losing games forever and ever. Um, but I want, I really want Dice to turn it around, and yeah. but at the same time, I'm just looking at the squad and it, it just feel, feels stale. Hopefully, we can get a couple of players in like Carne did and just lift everybody because. You know, what is it? One winning 20 league games? One in 19. I think it's more, isn't it? I, thought I, like I, going into, you know. I think when I was looking at this, and it, Statman Dave will absolutely destroy me if I've got this wrong, because he'll just tell me to get back in my lane and not start trying to do his job. But I'm pretty sure it was one in, yeah, one win in 19 I wrote down. Last 10 games, we've had four defeats, five draws and one win. One win in 19 games and one, obviously, because it two the last two games of the season, last season we, we lost as well. But either way, it, it doesn't look great. Um, Adam, some of the rumblings that have been going around, not particularly um, in your face, but by a few discreet comments, is that there may be a link 
between um, Tony Lachlan leaving and some slightly off tactics from Dyche that maybe suggests that um, he's lost one of his key members of his backroom staff, which has maybe not helped this season. Um, Producer Matt put in our thread earlier on that he wondered whether Dyche was better suited in a coaching role rather than a manager's role to to man-manage those players to be able to be the strong um, force of nature that we know they're going to be that strong, John, and and to get them um, up for a win. Do do you think that's fair? Do you think we maybe have a a reorganisation of our coaching staff? Uh, Not not for me, really. I think it's hard to say what impact Tony Lachlan leaving has because Dyche is just the... um, the front person for everything to do with um, first team football at Burnley. Um, you've seen we like won today. Um, it's the first time anyone's had to do um, a press conference. And I think other managers do send their assistants in every now and again. Um, I think he he's talked in the past about being a proper manager. I think he is involved or he was involved before the takeover in a lot of the business business side of it. He's interested in the business side. Um, I think he's a proper manager. Uh, yeah, we, we don't see what he's like as a coach. I'm sure he is a really good um, motivator, but um, I, I don't. I don't agree with um, with the fact that he should just be on the coaching side of things. But um, yeah, well, it's hard to say. I'm sure it were a blow. He's got people in his team that he trusts. He's had that team around him for a long time. Um, but I think the signs were there a lot sooner than this season. I run the second half of last season. Uh, wasn't particularly good either. Um, so uh, I think it's, it makes me wonder about, um, you know, how much the COVID, um, well, how much the pandemic's had on what what he can do with his squad and, and the team spirit around the place. Um, obviously, he's always um, talked about like hard work and team spirit. A lot of the time in the last couple of years, the squad will have been going into training and then going off home again. And, and we don't know what, what they've done to build build that great team spirit that's been evident over, over the time he's been in charge. But are we, are we worse affected than, than other teams by, by not being able to spend, spend that time together as a squad? I don't know. I'm just I'm pulling things out of, um, out of thin air there. But I'd, it'll have been a blow lock on leaving. But it's really hard for anyone to say because I, I don't think I've ever heard his voice, to be honest. So yeah, no. um, I don't know what, what message he, he puts across to the players, but yeah, I'm sure it was a blow. Yeah, I was the same, actually. I, I, I've just been quite... I've mentioned it because there's been quite a few people sent it to me. And, and Tom made a really good point in our thread, actually. Um, it, it's like the, I've had like quite a few fans messaging me to say, look, there's a direct link here. Something's not quite right here. And I wonder if it's connected. But Tom made a really good point saying, well, well, what tactics have changed? We paid 4-4-2 before Lockman left. We're playing 4-4-2 now. It's like, yeah. that's the problem with Burnley. It's not necessarily that everything's suddenly gone west and we don't know what we're doing. One of the biggest problems is, is that ex- everybody knows who we're going to play, how we're going to play, what our tactics are going to be. And they figured out how to beat that. And we don't seem to have a plan B. So... Yeah, it's, it's something that I was exploring and it's something I wanted to put out there. Um, if anybody who has sent me those messages um, wants to just drop me an email with a little bit of, of added narrative to that, I'd be very interested to see where you're going with that. You know how to get in touch. You can drop us an email um, at podcast at nonanever.net or leave us a message on Twitter um, and we'll have a look at that. Um, Rich, let's bring you back into the room transfers so we've looked at ability of team we've looked at confidence of team we've looked at Daesh 
we're now getting to the point where we're in the January transfer window and we need some cover. You touched on this earlier. You touched about whether you thought we would bring anybody in. You think, if I remember rightly from our thread, we need at least three players in, but you don't think we'll bring them in. Um, and we've got the added challenge that Alan Pace came out with an interview this week suggesting that he would rather spend in the summer. So I'm going to open the question to you by saying... I'm assuming that you don't think we can survive if we don't sign anybody. So what's your minimum and in what position? I think it's very, very unlikely that we'll survive. I'm not saying we can't. My, I think the thing with me is going, I'll answer your question about what we need shortly. Say if Newcastle didn't have that takeover, I'd say it's a, we've, we've got a fair chance because us, Watford, Newcastle and Norwich are all par. You know, you've just seen Newcastle sign Trippier. He, he'll instantly give everyone a lift. He's a top player. That I'm pretty gutted about that, to be honest. You know, they're going to sign a few quality players. That's going to come straight into their starting eleven. And you know, we've we've had two games. You know, we had four games in hand of them on hand on them. We've lost two of them. Um, what do we need, Jesus? Where'd you start? Four new strikers, eight new midfielders, two new centre halves. Uh, that'd do. Oh, it? is that all? <laughs> <laughs> in honesty, we you know for me we need we need three midfielders. Um, we could do with another striker on top of that as well, but I don't think that'll happen. We desperately, desperately need a ball playing midfielder. Whether that's we go to whether we continue with four four two or whether we continue with four five one. You know, we we everyone talks about before living in the past um, a little bit. Could you know? Could you do compare? Um, but we desperately need. Well, we need, for me, we need a ball playing midfielder and a midfielder who can drive forward. You know, break the lines between the teams. You know, and 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 his and his confidence of carrying the ball. If I know he's had a few issues off the, off the field, which are really difficult. But I say say if we had someone like Basuma in our midfield, just signing him. I know Tom's laughing, but I think it would just make. Um, such such a big impact. I think one one player can do that of, yeah. of that quality because he had his spell not playing for Brighton because of his indiscretion, shall we say? And Brighton completely fell away. He's come back into the team. Yeah, he's a. It's not just because I love him. He's just a fantastic player, isn't he, Tom? You know, you're seeing Declan Rice how he drives West Ham from that midfield, and with us, it's it's just so soft in midfield. We get drove past easily. We give the ball away. So, but for me, I think we need, we, you know, we need three players as an absolute minimum. Another winger, you know, to carry the burden on McNeil because he's so tired. Um, we need another central midfield, you know, and we need a couple of central midfielders. I'd just get rid of, you know, for me now, Westwood and Cork have been brilliant. I've got so much respect for them, but we need two lads to come and re re replace them. And if we are going to continue with 4-4-2, which we will do, we need a winger coming in for Goodman, good coming in for Goodmanson, and that's the very minimum. Yeah, good point. Um, Tom, we've already had one blow. Um, it seems that we've um, made an approach for Aaron Ramsey, and he's kind of scoffed us and went, no thanks. Um, the obvious challenge for us is that not many players want to play the... Um, what's it called the style of football that we are perceived to play, but also if we're now firmly in a relegation dogfight, having won one game in 19... Who's going to come? And and essentially, as Rich highlighted, if we've got a player like Trippier, who we fully expected to come straight back to us, has gone to Newcastle, we, we're going to be hugely challenged there. Yeah, I don't think Juventus want to let Ramsey go until they've uh, 
their bid for Eve's Bashoom has been accepted. I think that's the, the, the big hold off is there. Ah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to separate you two tonight. I feel like I have to play the mum. <laughs> Now I'll be nice to a chat. I fully agree with everything you said there. I think for me, um, the Newcastle game in December was a must-win, and it's for this exact reason. So for me, if we there's four teams that could get relegated, we're obviously one of those four. If we were to have had any chance of staying up, for me, we had to have a massive gap between us and Newcastle when the transfer window opened, and beating them was obviously key to that, and we didn't do it. Obviously, partly it's not partly that's because we didn't get to play the games, but we haven't got enough of a gap. Um, even if we want our games in hand now for for the money that Newcastle are going to spend to not affect us like that. And like you say, Trippier, fantastic signing. If they get three or four more, you know, I'm not expecting to get like Coutinho and people like that or even Ramsey. And, you know, it's funny, like, we get criticised for only ever going for players from the Championship, never looking abroad. And then we bid for Aaron Ramsey from Juventus and everyone's like, oh, unrealistic. What a stupid I know. <laughs> <laughs> can't win. We can't win. Yeah. I think he's not unrealistic. But at the same time, isn't, you know, Shy Burns getting out, as I said on the chat, there's no, nothing wrong with uh, with making an inquiry. And, I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting him to come to us. But, you know, if, if we if we make inquiries for 15, 20 decent players like that and we get one of them over the line, then that's yeah. fantastic. But like you say now, it's your... It's your for example, Aaron Ramsey, and you get two offers from teams in the relegation zone, and one of them is Newcastle, and you get three times the money. You know, I'm sure if we'd gone to Trippier and pulled on his heartstrings a bit and said, you know, come back and, and join up with your old mate Dash, you might have been tempted, but he's not going to be tempted to, you know, to on the third of the ways that he'll get at Newcastle. So yeah, for me, that's that's the big the big problem we've got is uh, in our situation. I think we're showing a little bit of ambition. You know, we had the Ross Barkley links in the last window and maybe yeah. that didn't give a chance of that. But at the minute, I think we're going to we're gonna be in the position as Dyche uh, often whinges about it. It's, we're right to the end of the deadline because for me, any any sort whatever kind of pools we're fishing in, whatever markets we're looking at to improve the team, are going to be the exact same ones that Newcastle are and, uh, and they're doing it on 50 times the budget or whatever. So, yeah, yeah for me, that was why Newcastle was a must-win. And then you could have said as well, Sunday was a must win because if we'd have won that one, then we could have made it five teams down there instead of four. But we've let that chance go by. We've let the chance of, of keeping Newcastle at bay before the window opens goodbye. And yeah, for me, unless we do pull some rabbits out of hats in this window, it's, uh, it's looking pretty ominous. I mean, do you feel more confident or just the same having Alan Pace at the, at the helm, Adam? You know, they, they've brought the, the ALK have come in they've bought the club there is money to spend he's already got um, Corne over the line for us which is a very unburnly sign and is proving to be working wonders I still feel in the honeymoon period with Pace, uh, with Pace I still feel like he could bring us some pull those rabbits, rabbits out of the hat yeah, he's, he's definitely um, good with the PR side of things I think he's done everything right in terms of getting the fans on board engaging with the community um, and yeah, pulling Corny out of the hat in the summer. But like Tom said, I think it was, although that's still a really, really good bit of business at that point in time and surprised a lot of people, I think that'd be almost impossible to try and persuade someone of that calibre to, to come to us now in the situation we're in, um, in January in the league. Um, I, I really wonder what Corny must think like when he looks around him, um, coming from like playing in the Champions League to then. Um, like absolutely playing his um, 
playing his backside off and coming up with a lot of wonder goals and we're still in the position we're in. So God knows where we'd be without him. But I think, yeah, I think this window, I'm more confident this window that we're going to do something. Um, whether it'll be enough or not, I'm not sure. I think it's a very similar situation that we find, found ourselves in in 1819 when we had Europe as an excuse and we were, I, I thought we were down after that Boxing Day defeat against Everton. Um, I didn't think there were any way back. Obviously, Heaton came in. McNeil were an absolute revelation second half of the season, full of confidence, made a massive difference and, and we ended up quite comfortable in the end. I'm in the same position. I can't see how we're going to get out of it. But I think the what action we're taking in this January window is absolutely crucial for that. Uh, and outside of the obvious ones, like um, Tom's already said, if we got Barkley, that'd be fantastic. Um, beyond that, it seems to be linked with central defenders, but I'm sure they are working in the background to get that creative midfielder in. And like Rich said, hopefully um, another midfielder, but um, I, I don't know whether um, whether they recognise that as as, the, as much of an issue as it probably is. But um, yeah, proof will be in the pudding come uh, the 31st of January. Yeah, it's, it's worrying me. It really is. Just mainly because I just, I don't, it feels like there's too much to sort out. It feels like there is a mountain to climb with a change in formation, some different tactics, a different approach from the manager, players getting some extra energy in the boots, players getting their heads out of the clouds. And potentially we might lose one before the end of the season, uh, straight before the end of the window. Um, and it is worrying me. Um Moving on just very quickly before we do wrap up the episode, I think I don't think there's anything more I really want to add with a summary of where we are at the moment. I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover and it is what it is. And we all know what needs to be done. We just need to just hang fire now and see whether or not that is actually done. Um, but I didn't want to let this this podcast pass, Rich, and I'm going to come to you to start off with on this because I, I want your animated outrage with this. But one of the reasons why we didn't, well, the reason why we didn't play for 28 days in December was the continued chaos that the pandemic is having on the football. Now, to be very clear, we are not diluting the seriousness of the pandemic or the seriousness of the risk. We don't want, we're not suggesting anybody's health gets put at risk. But quite frankly, the Premier League and the FA have made what can commonly be known as a right hash of this, haven't they? Yeah, uh, I think you've absolutely summed it up. I think the Premier League recently have kind of been an absolute joke. Um, you know, you can't be having games, you know, obviously going further back. I felt for people who went to Villa, you know, you can't be having, you know, and, and I felt similarly, I felt sorry for Watford fans, obviously on a night game. You can't be having fans coming up and, come, and postponing it on the, on, the, on the day of the game. And, you know, you've heard like Klopp come out just whinging and whinging and, you know, some of these clubs, they've got massive, massive squads, you know, and then we go to Old Trafford with a bit of a depleted squad. You know, you look at our bench, but you, we don't moan, we just get on with it. You know, I don't, re- I do and I don't. I think what, what you know, does make me proud to be a Burnley fan is I still think we've got a little bit of, you know, integrity about us. You know, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games. And ultimately, we, we do, you know, the old adage, we do support Burnley with, you know, not Barcelona. Um, but, you know, we, you know, and, and and this is why it's great to have Dice at the helm because we have got that integrity. Um, you know, you've seen club. You know, and look at what Newcastle's done. You yeah, know, true. Set maximum, set maximum's injured. Wilson's injured. 
you know, and all of us, you know, they know the January transfer window's coming up and they just get too, oh no, we're just calling games off, we've got no players. You know, some, they've got, you know, played, you know, I'm, I was, you know, so, I, I've seen some of our t- fans tweet, should have got this United game off. I was so glad we played. Yeah, we lost, but, you know, some, some, sometimes there's bigger pictures of football, you know, and especially the way modern football's going. So, it, you know, the, the Premier League for me, they've been too vague, they've been too kind of, uh, pushed over by some of these clubs, and you know, ultimately, you know, you can't blame clubs in a, in, a, in another way for calling the games off. I, one I'm really annoyed about is Watford with this African mm. Cup of Nations. They've been an absolute disgrace. They basically didn't want to let Sar go, and they've been put under pressure. You know, I think did the Nigerian FA use the term "they've bird the fang" for something? Or I don't even know what that means. So, I don't. You know. You know, not basically. They basically put pressure on that Emmanuel Dennis, and he's and he's not gone. So that's you know. Just explain like to, to our fans what's happened uh, to the listeners. What's happening? So I don't think everybody fully knows what's gone on with this, Rich. Just explain what's happened with Watford. Well, I'm not an expert, but it, obviously the African Cup of Nations has come on. Obviously, Corne has gone, and, they, and basically they 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 let some of their players go, like Truce Decong, and like I think there was a lad called Boozer or something like a loser. Uh, like not actually like L O U Z A, I think his name is, and you know they let these players go who are kind of like decent squad players, but all of a sudden Ishmael Assar and Emmanuel Dennis, who are two really good players and two key players, they basically didn't let them go, um, or, or or they kind of put pressure on the players. Senegal Afeya basically complained uh, to you know to the you know I think to FIFA and Watford's reluctantly. I think only in the last couple of days, like Ishmael Asago, but Emmanuel Dennis just hasn't gone. And it just seems absolutely bizarre, you know, and the kind of Watford are trying to say, well, Dennis didn't really want to go. He wasn't guaranteed of his place and all this. But basically, the Nigerian FA has just come out and said, well, they put pressure on the player not to go. And I think it's just it's just not good at all. Uh, you know, we've, you know, and I hope, you know, Dennis went off at half time in their loss. To, uh, to Tottenham and he, and he said he wasn't injured and he said it was tactical but it seems strange so it'd be interesting to see how that one goes but yeah I think there's a lot of Premier League clubs who have lost their integrity and I mean, you've seen Klopp just come out and, and whinging it's frustrating and of course and you know but I'm, I am glad that we've still got that little bit of integrity about us even though we are crap at playing football <laughs> Well, what a way to what a way to finish that. Well, I think I think that's kind of where I want to. I mean, I could literally ramble on for about another half an hour about that COVID debacle, but I think let's just see how it plays out because I'm a big believer in karma and I think it's pretty clear that a lot of our relegation rivals have used have been able to use the um lack of guidance from the and the bad handling by the Premier League to their advantage, which is exactly what's happened. Um but good things happen to good people and we've stayed true to our integrity and Daesh has stayed very true to his principles. And I would love to see us being the ones that survive at the end of the season, irrespective of what's happened over the Christmas period. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, but before I do, um, I'm going to ask you all for what I did last podcast after the whichever back in 1943, whenever we last recorded an analysis show. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Adam, because I always leave you to last and that's not fair you get time to think about it but give our listeners one sentence of inspiration for the second half of the season we've been there and done it before um we've got the determination um and the effort and the the team spirit even though i've questioned it in this episode um that we won't fold um 
and other teams around us won't have um, won't have that about them. So Watford lose a few games, they'll they can crumble. Norwich, they're rubbish, and Newcastle, it's all going to go wrong, and everyone's going to laugh at them. So they're the three that are going down. We're staying up. Excellent, good start, Tom. Yeah, my inspiration is that Newcastle are rubbish, Norwich are rubbish, we're rubbish, Watford are rubbish. So someone rubbish is going to stay up, so you never know, it might be us again. <laughs> I love it. We're going to be least rubbish than everybody. Uh, Rich, and you finally? Where to start? We've lost our best player for a month. Newcastle signed my favourite ex-player. Uh, Newcastle's got billions of pounds to spend. Watford's best player has not gone to the African Cup of Nations. We're going to play Watford when undoubtedly we'll have loads of COVID injuries. Uh, so I think the inspiration is we've only got five months left of it until May. Is that a good thing? Wow. Not quite the inspirational words that I was looking for, Rich, but thanks for that anyway. No There's... worries. No worries. <laughs> There's and only got, no, five... <laughs> what, what, One thing I will say is Dale, Dale Stevens is going to save us from the looming disaster. Excellent. Love it. That is where we're going to end this week's podcast. My thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to get this out on the air, to my colleagues Tom, Adam and Rich for giving up their Thursday night to talk us through um, some pretty heavy subjects at the moment, some quite sad times, but they've done their best and I love them for it. Um, To producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting this published out there. Um, But finally to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this podcast and for staying with us this season. And it's not easy listening and it's hard work this season. So for staying with us, we are truly grateful. We would not be here without you. Um, we don't have a preview show this week because it's the FA Cup. Um, but for those of you who are going to turf more at the weekend, do enjoy it. Take some time out from the heavies of the Premier League and just enjoy a bit of cup football. You never know. You might see a win and I hope you're rewarded. Um, the rest of the team will be, I don't know if we're going to do a Huddersfield talk, but I think we'll try and catch up with you before the next Premier League game just to get a bit of continuity back with the preview show and the analysis show. So watch out on social media for some um, episodes pushed. In the meantime, if you've got anything you want to get off your chest or you want to talk about anything that we've talked about this episode, you can tweet us at none and ever you can leave a comment on our facebook page or you can email us at podcast at none i've been natalie bromley this has been the none and ever podcast until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh.
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.